I wasn't oh. prepared at first. I was like, oh, I think he's going to he's do me. Ba- he's very That's good the great thing this. about being a podcast is you don't need to be prepared. That it comes across more conversationally is an asset that makes it easier to listen to. I love yeah. this. We're not then. looking for a super polished chair. No. Maybe no. this is going to be my new passion. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's very therapeutic to, to talk into a microphone on a podcast. I, it's my un- <laughs> my unpaid therapy. <laughs> Let's put that at the top of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Done and done. Everybody, welcome back to the Roses and Weeds, our second episode. How's everyone doing? Doing quite well. How about yourself? Excellent. Hey, Sam. Hi. How's it going? Going well. In case you forgot my name since episode one, I'm Veronica, and I'm here at the Innovation Pipeline recording a podcast with a couple of my co-workers from the city of Tyler, and we have kind of a cool agenda today to talk about. So, uh, Sam, what are we... What are we discussing right now? That's right. It's Friday the 28th as of the time of this recording. We just had council a couple days ago, and there's a lot going on. So as always in the Roses and Weeds, we're going to bring you the roses, the good things that are happening in the city and ways that you can become involved, and the weeds, the ways uh, kind of getting into issues and figuring things out and, 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 and answering your questions if you'd like. So we've got a couple of all-star guests here who can help us understand some current events in the city. And we've got Julie Goodgame, a communications director. Hey, how are you doing? Doing well. Hi. That was bubbly, right? <laughs> that was like I get, get a little high pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but you you just you project that ownership of issues. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Candace Porter Condry. I probably said it wrong even. No, you said it correct. Condry okay. is correct. <laughs> Our interim housing manager with us as well. How, how are you doing this Friday? Doing well. And I just looked on on the internet and and read a couple of things about your housing development 2017 through 18 annual plan, which just went before council. Reading it, as you can see, highlighting it, really loving it. <laughs> yes. <I'm> such a nerd. <laughs> but That's a good thing. I noticed on the internet you are in charge of housing, HUD program management, budget, business plan, HUD grants, veteran programs, homeless initiatives. Uh, first question, is there anything you don't do in the city? well you know there's so much out there but i will say that this department has a very rewarding job that we do to be able to be a part of providing one of life's necessities the resources so that families can have a decent safe and sanitary place to live is a very rewarding Mm -hmm. job so i i um I, I sometimes speak to a lot of folks on the phone in the city of Tyler, mm-hmm. and I, I defer a lot of people to your department or, or speak to some of the entry-level phone people there, and notice some people are a little bit unfamiliar with your mission. Mm-hmm. Would you mind, perhaps, for those unfamiliar with your work in mind, uh, explain to us the Housing Choice Voucher Program or what you guys as a mission do? Well, yes. Our mission at Neighborhood Services is to provide financial resources to low- to moderate-income families and organizations and initiate neighborhood revitalization in the city of Tyler. So we have several programs there. One of our largest budget items is the Housing Choice Voucher Program. With that program, there are there are several options. We the the biggest one is to provide rental subsidy to low to moderate income families. They also have the option to go into home ownership 
which will allow them to utilize their voucher toward mortgage assistance versus rental assistance. Okay. So I have a couple of questions. So what is considered low to moderate income? In order to be admitted onto the program, HUD sets forth eligibility guidelines at 50% of the area's median family income. So for instance, for a household size of one, their income may not exceed $20,450. And as well as a family who has a household size of six, their income may not exceed $33,850. And uh, for the listener at home, HUD is Housing and Urban Development. The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Mm-hmm. Um, our, all of our programs at Neighborhood Services are federally funded. So you don't receive general fund local tax dollars? We do not receive any local funds at Neighborhood Services. Gotcha. Yeah, you guys are a wealth of information on, on federal compliance. Uh, we in engineering services sometimes do some projects, and sometimes they touch on FEMA or, or some grant money to do that for the federal government. Mm-hmm. We always use you as a resource to <laughs> best do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I noticed some things that were just kind of interesting here in, in going through the, the program. I noticed there was over 1,800 citizens that are on the waiting list since 2014. Can you explain what, what, what that is for, for the program? Well, in the way our the Housing Choice Voucher Program works is typically a family has to be placed on a waiting list before we can assist them. Okay. We in, in 2014, we decided to open our waiting list, I believe, for about 15 days and close it so that we would not have an uh, extensive list, which would cause someone to be on a waiting list for who knows how long. So we decided to open it for 15 days and we had a huge response to the waiting list. So out of the thousands that applied, we selected, we had our computer system to select 500 families randomly and sort them for assistance. So the idea was we felt like in two to three years that we could assist those 500 families. The thing is, we are almost three years out and we still have a little over 200 families that are still waiting. The way that a voucher becomes available, it all depends on turnover and our funding. So in the event that someone's income increases to an amount where they will no longer need assistance or there is maybe one person in a household that may um, pass away or they just elect not to be on the program anymore, then that's the way that vouchers become available unless HUD awards us additional vouchers. And with our regular housing choice voucher program, we have not received any additional vouchers or an allocation from HUD. However, um, we have received additional vouchers through programs like the Veteran Affairs Supportive Housing Program. So are there any groups that may receive like priority for vouchers? So for instance, do veterans um, have priority in this program or is it just really random and based on when you applied? Well, actually, for our overall Housing Choice Voucher Program in 2014, when we did open the list, we for the first time we had a preference for Smith County residents as well as elderly and disabled. Okay. So their applications were sorted with a heavier weight than those that did not meet the elderly or disabled. But all 500 that were selected were within Smith County. They had to either live or work in Smith County to qualify. Okay. 
So if someone's just hearing this and maybe is becoming familiar with this program for the first time through this, what's something they could do if they're wondering if they could qualify, if they want to learn more, or if they're wondering if a loved one could qualify for this sort of a program? Well, in order to, the qualifications are income-based for all of our programs. So one thing that they will want to do is look at what the current income requirements are, like I mentioned earlier, based on their household size. And really... Those could change yearly. HUD issues out changes yearly, but it depends on what the median income for this area is. And back to your question about how... Uh, if there's a preference for like veterans we don't have a veteran preference for our overall housing program but we since we were awarded vouchers for veterans the VAP, through the VASH program then that is strictly for homeless vets oh that's awesome oh so. wow yeah I noticed you had a goal of 25 more vouch- vouchers right there in the objectives yes so yes, w- would you advise people to look at the qualifications is there a website that we should um, direct those to well the, they can out? always visit um, the neighborhood services department's page on the city okay. website HUD also www.hud.gov also has a lot of resources for those that are looking to participate in the program the good thing about the housing choice voucher program is that any cities across the United States that participate, you have that option to maybe be on their waiting list. And then we have what's called portability, where they'll have the option to move to any city that offers the program. So you're not just limited to stay in one jurisdiction. The voucher does allow you to move to another jurisdiction and still receive assistance. So if, for instance, you're a single mom and going to school, maybe you're just working a a minimum wage job, you can actually, if you were to get a job maybe in the DFW area or something, you could probably move with your voucher Correct. to that area. Correct. Okay. So they would put in a notice with us and they're currently in Lord and we would issue the portability paperwork to the city of their choice and then they would be assigned a caseworker there that will do an assessment with them and help them to be housed. That's awesome. Fantastic. I noticed you had a goal of out- outreach efforts of all kinds, and that, that, that's fantastic that you're reaching out, putting that best foot forward. I was uh, surprised and interested to hear that you're also conducting outreach efforts to potential voucher landlords. Yes. So one thing, <clears throat> we have several outreach methods that we use. One thing, we, our department pays for a subscription to a website called www.gosection8, that's the number 8.com. And that's a a resource where landlords can go out and list their properties, as well as clients can go on and see the list of properties that are available. So it's free to both the client and the potential landlords. This past January, we held a landlord conference in along with Marshall Housing Agency as well as the Longview Housing Agency. And what that, that was designed for our current landlords, but we also made it available to potential new landlords that wanted to learn more about what, what we do. Um, we also invited representatives from our U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development field office. So we had actual HUD representatives that came in and um, spoke to those potential landlords as well as our current landlords. We also partnered together with some other local agencies and went to the local apartment association and talked about the different programs that we have. So if you're a landlord and you 
decide that maybe you want to make your house or your duplex or something available under Section 8 housing, are there certain requirements that your property must meet to be in compliance? Yes, the Housing Choice Voucher Program requires that a landlord's unit meets the housing quality standards. Those housing quality standards are set forth by HUD. Um, they have minimal qualifications that the landlord must make sure that we have two inspectors actually on hand that go out to inspect those units and ensure that um, the units meets decent, safe, and sanitary conditions. And we're required to go out after that initial inspection, if they pass the initial inspection and we approve a contract with them, we still have are required to go out at least every two years to inspect that unit and just make sure that it's still in compliance. Well, that's awesome. I actually really love that. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So we've given a lot of resources for folks to learn more about this or in a variety of capacities. I, I did notice a warning uh, on the website for folks looking for housing choice and voucher assistance, and I think it might be uh, appropriate to repeat that here. So if you don't mind, I'll just read it for a bit verbatim there. Okay. It says, attention families looking for housing choice voucher program assistance. Watch out for scams. Reportedly, there are internet sites claiming to be uh, application sites for voucher assistance. They are taking fees and personal information from people claiming to put them on waiting lists. These are bogus. The only way you can apply for voucher assistance is directly through a local housing authority. In Texas, go here and I'll have these links in the show notes for you to find the applicable housing authority. So make sure that you are speaking to your local housing uh, department uh, about these things and, and using these resources that are approved and are, and are legitimate through that because unfortunately there are people who exploit people pretending to be those sort of yes, things. Yes, I'm really glad that you brought that up because there's um, on a regular basis we receive phone calls or emails saying that they have a, from citizens saying that they have applied for our program and they want to know their status and when they tell us there are things on social media as well as on the internet just in general that promise that they can assist them and you know our name kind of gets put out there for this area so it's just important that the citizens know that if you're interested in knowing about when we'll have vouchers available we always issue a public notice so the last time we opened it it was in the local news a couple of local newspapers we'll usually do like a press release as well but you'll see an official notice that'll be issued if we're going to when we are able to open the list right. again. and so if we saw that from neighborhood services if you were to see that on social media it would be from our sanction like t- city of tyler correct it would have to be from the city of tyler neighborhood services does not have a, any separate social media pages so it would have to come through the city of tyler social media outlets in order to be able to be And that's just a really, since we have our communications director here anyways, that's actually a really good point to make too, is that if you see something on social media that, you know, maybe says, oh, well, City of Tyler is doing such and such, make sure that you're looking at the right City of Tyler account. Very few departments actually have their own page. So if something is coming from the city, it will come from that one Facebook page. That's very true. And if you see something that you think is really suspect, you can always private message us and we'll let you know if it's legit cool fantastic super sleuthing today on the roses and weeds that's right looking out for scams 
fake mm-hmm. social media pages. This is the this Hardy has Boys been a- and Nancy Drew <laughs> <laughs> episode. <laughs> well, Candace, I hope that we get to have you back to talk more about affordable housing because you and I go back on that. That was yes. our that was my old life, and so <laughs> working on this program. Yes, so that's it still is my current life. <laughs> I know it, it's a very complicated animal, but it's so important and. It is. And if you don't mind, I'll say this. We really are always looking for more affordable units here in our area. Even when you take into consideration that we only had 500 slots on our waiting list, we still had thousands that apply. And so that means that there are that many more families out there that need good affordable housing here. Not only rental units, like I mentioned earlier, we have the home ownership program, which allows clients to go out and find a house, a lender that will lend to them and will help assist with their mortgage. But they, we still need affordable houses around Tyler and the surrounding areas in order to, for them to have that choice. So that's real important. I'm always wanting to see new developers come in and if they have any interest in in learning more about what's considered affordable, they can always contact Neighborhood Services and we can connect them to the right place. Excellent. Candace, as we uh, perhaps close out our time in this edition of Roses and Weeds, what's something that you wish folks knew that perhaps people don't about the City of Tyler's Neighborhood Services mission? Well, one thing that I would really want to share is to just let the public know that, you know, we have several programs that we offer and that we are all we're federally funded. So they're not always aware of all of the programs we have. I've mentioned a lot about the Housing Choice Voucher Program, but in addition to the Housing Choice Voucher Program, we have the Tenant Protection Program, Family Self-Sufficiency home ownership, and also the Veteran Affairs Supportive Housing Program. With the Family Self-Sufficiency Program, that is a five-year program where voucher holders set a goal to be self-sufficient, basically with income that pays a living wage, employment that pays a living wage. We help link them to education resources, employment resources, and any other social services that they need in order to become so uh, self-sufficient. So we currently have 80 families that we are assisting. We have Clients that have received bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, dental hygienists, different career paths that they've taken through this program. And one of the incentives of this program is if their earned income increases, the amount of money that we were paying toward their rent will be put in an escrow account for them so that they can possibly use it for home ownership or just other things that they may need in their path to becoming self-sufficient. So we have not only the program to assist families that need it for long periods of time, we also have programs in place so that we can kind of cycle some of the families off and start helping more that are currently on our list. Fantastic. Well, it's been another exciting episode of The Roses and Weeds. If you want to follow us on Facebook, we're at City of Tyler. You can hashtag any questions on our Twitter, hashtag Roses and Weeds. Mm-hmm. If you've got any questions, comments, or concerns for us, or if there's a topic you'd like to us to talk about, you can reach out to us at, <laughs> you can reach out to us I'm doing at well. publicrelations at tylertexas.com. 
Uh, any final thoughts, guys? No. So, actually, after our next council meeting, which is on the second Wednesday in August, following that council meeting, just be on the lookout. We're going to make a Facebook post and a Twitter post and just ask you for some questions. If you have anything about that agenda or just anything that you're wondering in general, um, we'll solicit those probably either that day or the next day. So that way we can be a little bit more prepared with everyone's feedback because as a listener, we really want to know what's on your mind as well. Yeah, this is your show. Please let us know what yeah. you'd like to, to hear about and we can make that happen for and, you. And next episode, we will be discussing the dun-dun-dun budget proposal for the next upcoming year. I'm keeping this all in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do me like that. <laughs> um. And if, if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, if you've got any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to us at publicrelations at cityoftyler.com. Nope. At TylerTexas.com. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I got that wrong. <laughs> Very silly. It's Is it 3 p.m. on a Friday? Because it sure feels like it is. <laughs>